The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to the Forever Fab podcast. It is a podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madere, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. This week's episode is dedicated to the planet. And the topic is facing climate change, how the environment affects your face. This is my interview with Dr. Anne-Marie Fine. Dr. Amory Fine is a practicing naturopathic doctor who graduated with high academic honors from the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in Tempe, Arizona, and she received her undergraduate degree from the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. Dr. Fine is an award-winning researcher, author, and highly sought-after national and international speaker. Her practice is based in Newport Beach, California, and her unique expertise focuses on environmental medicine. Dr. Fine has formulated her own anti-aging, toxin-free skincare products, the I Am Fine Pure Skin Line, which actually works because it includes the highest levels of select organic fruit seed oils in combination with essential oils, minerals, and vitamins at active therapeutic levels. And those are some of my favorite ingredients. And it does not contain any ingredients, synthetic or natural, which may be harmful to the skin. She is the author of Cracking the Beauty Code, How to Program Your DNA for Health, Vitality, and Younger-Looking Skin. And she's received press on Thrive Global, 60 Minutes, Martha Stewart Living Radio, and Alternative Medicine Review, among other notable outlets. She joins us from Newport Beach, California, via Zoom. Welcome, Dr. Fine, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Dr. Matter. I'm very happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you. All right, let's get started. What is environmental medicine? Tell me about the focus of your practice and your expertise. Okay, environmental medicine is an emerging specialty that is really gaining some great traction now, but I've been involved with it for um, really the last 10, 20 years. It's always been a part of naturopathic training, and this is the way that we get to the root cause of problems. But it it deals with the the assessment and the evaluation and then the subsequent treatment of our patients who have environmental pollutants Mm. as contributors to their disease process. Yes. How timely. And and it's so timely because right now, especially right now, with all of the lawsuits with Monsanto and Johnson & Johnson (laughs) with their their baby powder, their towel-causing cancer, it's very timely. It's like all of a sudden, 
the media is very aware of these things that we've been aware. You know, when I was in medical school in the yes. 90s, and our professors told us to tell your patients to not use baby powder mm. or talc on their genitals. It's cancerous. Wow. So like, okay. And then come to find out decades later that it came to pass. No, it came to pass. And now there are lawsuits yeah. that have to do with this. So uh, this has always been a part of our training. And now it's becoming a specialty of other um, physician groups as well. And I believe yes. that in about 10 or 15 years, environmental medicine will become standard of care in all of our all of our healthcare institutions. I think it should. I really do. So a causal relationship then between human diseases and the environment is not new. You've known about it. You've been studying it for a couple of decades. And in the 4th or 5th century BC, before Christ, Hippocrates wrote Airs, Waters, and Places. And that represents, I believe, the first attempt to establish a relationship between the environment and disease in humans. So Yes. If, if that is the case, then what are the new threats? I mean, obviously, they were different in the 4th and 5th century B.C., and what are they now from your perspective? What are the yes, new threats? Yes, in 4th and 5th century B.C., and, you know, up until the time of the Romans, who sort of were exterminated by its thought that the lead in their uh, cups, their drinking cups, were toxic. Lead is a neurotoxin. Yes. So back then, the obvious poisonous substances were things that made up the Earth's crust, like mercury and lead and some of these poisonous um, heavy metals. Yes. And so what has changed? And so they were always problematic. And you can't, um, I mean, you can't get rid of them. They're in the Earth's crust, right? Yes. But nowadays, since the age of the, uh, the chemical industry that started about the 1940s, we have about uh, 85,000 new chemicals that have been unleashed on our world that have no precedent in nature. They're, 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 ma they're made, man -made. they're manufactured, yeah. they're man-made, yeah. they're synthetic. And there really was no testing on this in human beings, and there still really isn't very much testing on it. And so we are dealing with an onslaught of 85,000 new toxins wow. on top of the ones we already had to deal with. Like, like mercury, it's in volcanic ash. Yeah. And you you know, there were volcanoes throughout history. So you can't, you know, you can't um, get away from that. But right. the new ones are overwhelming our yeah. bodies of natural ability to detoxify via the liver and the kidneys and the skin. Wow. That's overwhelming. That really is. So this may seem like basic and simple comment, but let's just go with it anyway. In what significant ways does the environment affect us? I mean, this is basic, but I think it bears repeating. I think many yeah. people underestimate the effect yes. of the environment on yes. our on our bodies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically the air is polluted. The air is polluted and your indoor air is more, many more times more polluted than your outdoor air. Wow. Because your air um, circulator, it comes from the outside, but then you've got your carpets and, you know, the adhesive backings and your paints and, and things are off-gassing in your house. Mattresses. Your Mattresses. Your, your cabinets are off-gassing formaldehyde because they are made from pressed particle board. Uh, the dry cleaning you bring in is off-gassing perk into your homes. And they've measured that. And the highest levels of perk in your home are in your bedroom because people hang it up right. in the closet. So, and we're in our homes 90% 
of our time is spent in indoors or in our homes. Yes. So that makes a difference. Our water is so polluted. And uh, we've always treated it with chlorine, chlorine to kill the things that could give you dysentery and right. you know things like that, amoebas. Right. And so, I mean, that's good. But, but. Um, water supply has gotten dirtier. Mm. And so they added ammonia with chlorine. To oh, make chlorine. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And so now your tap water, I just had someone come out to my house and test it um, recently. Yes. And it, it broke his chart. What? <laughs> the tap water broke his chart. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fine, did you do something about that? <laughs> well, 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 see, I don't drink the water. See, uh. I have been, for, um, for my entire adult life, yes. I've used a reverse osmosis filter because uh. I always knew the water was no good. And yeah. that just proved it, right? Yes. So we've, we've covered air and water. Well, then we get into our food and our food supply is so, ooh, it's, you know, it's not the same stuff that was even made a hundred. The milk, dairy is not oh, the same. Oh, forget it. it no. Is it even really years. dairy? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know because there's all kinds of hormones and yeah. things in there and it's going through the tubing. Okay. Nobody is like hand milky. Right. The tubing has BPA plastic tubing. Yeah. and plastics and so, I mean, it's just this horrifying um, thing that people are still thinking is makes a b- milk, does a body good or whatever. Right. <laughs> the, high, the highest rates of osteoporosis are in the countries that drink the most milk, which Ironic. is the U.S. Yeah. The U.S. and the Nordic um, countries. Okay. So food's got pesticides and now all the glyphosate, they're using glyphosate as a desiccant on crops that are, um, maybe they didn't have glyphosate in the first place, but it helps dry them up because yes. my gosh, we want to get those things to mark soon as possible because yes. we have to be able to sell it. Yes. And so there's gly- glyphosate and pesticides and these things are neuro- neurotoxins as well. And that's how they kill the pests. And um, we are uh, accumulating them in our, in our bodies. In our so tissues, let's see, yeah. that's air and that's water and that's food. food and th- yeah. And then, you know, all the things in our home, like our mattresses and yeah. uh, the flame retardants and the, oh, the PFAS, the um, poly, um, polyfluorinated, polyfluorinated yes. are now coming into the public's awareness as being super toxic. Oh my gosh. And guess what? You can't detoxify them. They're one of the few things that cannot come out um, during a sauna. So oh, sauna is wow. probably something we'll talk about later. Okay. You can sweat out a lot of junk. You can't get rid of it. And oh, in wow. fact, one of my colleagues had a case of PFAS um, toxicity, and the only way they could get it out was through phlebotomy. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That's intense. Over time. Over time. Over so time, repeated of sessions of yes. blood drawing and bloodletting, yes. if you will. <laughs> you had to get rid of the blood. You wow. Like, there's no other way to get it out of your body. Yeah, that's this dramatic. Huge, huge problem. That's dramatic. So, um, and then, of course, your personal care products. This is the yes. issue that I typically um, speak on at environmental medicine conferences. Yes, that's a hard one. Personal care products are totally overlooked. They're kind of eclipsed by the air, the water, and the food. Right. But these are things that we women have control over. But yes. we slather this stuff on every day yeah. in the shower, out of the shower. I slather on body makeup, lotion, yes. Yes. This all, you know, and our skin is, um, it's, it's an organ of elimination, but it also can um, absorb, absorb. Certain, certain things too. And so we have to, we can never forget that because there's, um, 
you know, it's like a direct route of entry into your body that passes the, um, you know, the liver, yeah. it bypasses the liver detoxification system and gains entry directly into your bloodstream. Yeah. So personal care products, skin care and um, makeup and, you know, hairspray and perfume and fragrances, all of these things have to be looked at as well. And I... I really like to talk about it because it's it sounds kind of overwhelming. Yes. But all you have to do is figure out what your substitute is going to be. You don't have to give up these products. Yes. You thank goodness. Find, no, you don't have to give them up. You just have to find the safer version. Yes. And once you put in the time to figure out what that is, then you just keep buying that right. mind, mindlessly, just like you were buying the bad stuff mindlessly. Right. right. You just keep buying it. Right. So that's actually one of the courses that I have. It's okay. Called yeah, the beauty bluff, how to read a label. You have to learn how I, to I agree it. with that. I don't know. that the, Being a beauty person, that you're right. It is a very difficult topic, and I, I might have to just keep picking my poisons until I slowly, you know, replace in the good stuff. So, Jeanette, let's talk about some of our defenses, genetics, epigenetics, and the environment. How are they all sort of interrelated, and how can we use epigenetics to our benefit? Yeah, so genetics, of course, uh, the Human Genome Project around 2003, 2004 was supposed to yield all of the answers on yeah. what gene is causing what problem. And we found out that that really didn't yield the answers. The answers. And why is that? Because the epigenetics, your environment is That's what, right. if you think about your DNA, it's the hardware in yeah. your body and your environment, the it's, epigenetics, is yeah. the software. That's a great you're way of putting turning, it, yeah. Yeah, that's how I say it in my book. You're turning certain genes on and off yes. via the environment, which speaks to your genes 24-7. Yeah. We are just bathed in our environment, yes. and we're constantly telling our genes what to do. And so that's, in a nutshell, that's epigenetics, and that is the basis of my book. And I tried, um, I tried to get across the idea that our skin is like an outward reflection of how healthy we are Agreed. on the inside. I agree. And so all of these things that we can do epigenetically to um, improve our bodies also improves our skin. And believe it or not, this was so exciting to me. There's all kinds of support in the literature on this now. You know, I didn't have to make this up. Yes. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> thought you were woo-woo or out there. <laughs> Data actually exists. <laughs> I know. It's always so exciting, isn't yes. it? Yes. I have 50 pages of um, references. Yes. That's amazing. Oh, it's incredible. Like Tai Chi, um, you know, this very gentle uh, Chinese form of moving meditation yes. has been found to um, turn on not just one anti-aging gene, but like six different anti-aging genes, wow. like all on. And it's, it's just crazy what's yeah. out there in the literature. I mean, yeah. somebody had to think about this. Yes. Oh, should we ask Tai Chi? Yes, right. <laughs> Why are what there hundreds of people doing Tai Chi in the park? <laughs> there has know, to be a I reason. Know. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> and trust the Chinese to come up with this thousands of yes. years ago. Right. Yes, yes. But yeah, there's all kinds of good things like that. So we do have control over our environment. And so it really behooves us to take the time to really understand this so that we're not afraid of our genetic destiny. Right. And we don't feel victimized by things yeah. that happen because I think 
you know, with epigenetics, we're just beginning to understand that we actually have control to a large extent over turning those genes on, like you said, or manipulating the hardware, if you will. So while we can affect, while the environment obviously affects our physiology, we also can affect our immediate environment. So it goes both ways. Absolutely. Now, how does the environment specifically affect our skin? Uh, are we getting into climate change now? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> climate change, how does it affect our skin? Well, yes. what really blew me away is a few years ago, studies started coming out that um, particulate matter in air pollution actually was prematurely aging the skin, causing hyperpigmentation, yeah. which are those dreaded age spots. Yes. Loss of elasticity. Oh, come on. Who wants sagging? Who wants that? <laughs> And it was from air pollution. And so I had suspected this. And so in my book, I talk about um, pollution and pollutants and environmental chemicals as uh, being contributory to premature aging as well. So our environment, as it gets more polluted, it's causing um, premature aging on our skin. And also the temperature changes. Um, Your skin does not like to go from super hot to super cold to super dry to super humid. And so we're seeing a lot of that. And then one of the top ways um, that climate change is going to affect our future skin is that the modeling of future uh, ozone levels and UV exposure. UV exposure, yeah. That ozone is thinning out. It's estimated a 10% increase in skin cancer. And skin cancer is, and skin cancer, even though a lot more people are using sunscreen than ever before, it's rising. It's rising. Wow. And so now it's going to rise even more. So we must, the skin is like the interface between us and our environment. And so as our weather changes, our skin is on the front lines. And so we have to be very proactive in our skin care. So you obviously believe in climate change, and and I like the analogy that you use, that if climate change is a war, our skin is at the front lines of that war. It is. And and you mentioned the incidence of skin cancer increasing despite the increased use of sunscreen. It's like, it's what do we believe? The incidence of skin cancer is rising, but now we hear that there are reports coming out that so many sunscreens are hormone disruptors. So I think a lot of consumers are stuck in the middle. Do I use it? Do I not use it? What do we do? I know. So what I say, um, and this is such a good um, thing to talk about on your podcast. Good, great. So what I say is there's so many sunscreens that have endocrine disruptors in them. And probably the most uh, mind-boggling study of this was done with women from Switzerland. (laughs) I think it was the fall. So not the summer. Not the summer. not, Not the ski season. Right. So a time when women should not be using sunscreens. And they tested these women for um, endocrine disruptors from sunscreens in their blood. And they found all kinds of it. And they were like, I don't understand. Yeah. It's not even sun season. Yeah. And so, um, well, that's because, A, it's because they're starting to put it in foundation and lipsticks mm. and hair products. So it's yes. not confined to sunscreen. But what I tell my patients yes. is to use mineral-based sunscreen. Mineral-based, I do, okay. I do recommend sunscreen, especially on your face. Yes. And I, I like the ones with zinc oxide. Okay. um, But titanium dioxide is also a mineral sunscreen. I just think zinc is just a little bit safer. And, um, you know, when we were, um, you know, many years ago, the lifeguards used to wear that opaque. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's a known 
um, good thing to put on your skin to prevent, right. you know, skin damage and uh, burns. Right. And I just, the preparations today are a lot more elegant than that. Yeah, thank goodness and they, for that. Yeah, and they can, um, you know, disappear into your skin pretty well. Yeah. So I like I like the the mineral based sunscreens. I right. think are a good idea. I had a patient today talk to me about sun exposure and vitamin D deficiency. Deficiency. Mm-hmm. So she's vitamin D deficient, but she mm-hmm. wears sunscreen, but she's mm-hmm. she, she doesn't want to take a supplement. So the other thing I just say, well, definitely take the supplement, and if you absolutely need to get sun, then maybe obviously wear your sunscreen, wear a hat, and avoid it on your face, and maybe just fifteen minutes on your body, and that's it. Yeah, what would you and say that was about the that? Yeah, so I uh, I started my practice in Arizona. And oh yeah, California. Sun, yeah. Sun, <laughs> sun, sun, tons of sun, sun everywhere, and dry um, and arid. You know, yeah, I know. And what do you know? The women I test them for vitamin D starting like twenty years ago, and they were all deficient. And um, I thought, well, maybe they're just not getting any sun. And so what I would have them do is completely either um, wear the sunscreen or just put you know, towels over yeah. Your, yeah. like your face and your chest and yes. your hands. I'm like face, chest, hands, exactly. cover. Yeah. But, you know, the rest of you, you can get five or ten minutes is all okay. I recommend. And okay. that's it. Yeah. But guess what? Their blood levels of vitamin D did not rise. Interesting. And I, just, I can't even tell you why. It's Arizona. So I started because vitamin D has is so important for yeah. immune health. Yes, of course. Um, I started recommending, um, you know, supplementation, yeah. and so now I just I just have people supplement. Yeah, and people are not that keen on, um, you know, going outside in their swim. I mean, in Arizona, it's easier. Everyone's got a pool. You go out right. in your backyard. Exactly. And- and, not and so easy in New York. <laughs> not, or New York or even where I'm at. Yeah. People just don't really go outside to sunbathe in the middle yeah. of the day. And if yeah. you do it, you know, at you know, six in the morning, you're not yeah. getting <laughs> peak know, sun, right? right. <laughs> So I think supplementation is fine. So you've been dealing with so many environmental issues in your practice, and and you have a long history of of treating and dealing with these issues that perhaps the media and the public at large were not exactly aware of um, until recently. So is is that one of the reasons why, because you see so many environmental issues affecting our physiology, our health, our skin, is that one of the reasons why you developed your own skincare line? What motivated you? Yes, that is exactly it. I... Um, you know, once you discover environmental toxicity and its contributions to people's health problems, it's like you can't unsee it. You know mm. what I mean? And so I was seeing in my female patients so much chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and autoimmune yeah. disease, all of these things. And I was thinking, well, what do women do that the men aren't doing? Like, you know, why is this? And I started thinking about the products mm. that everybody uses. And yeah. I'm a woman too, so yeah. I know what kind of products that we use. Right. And I started looking at them more closely and discovering that a lot of those ingredients um, are can be directly correlated to some of these uh, problems. Wow. And yeah. like the endocrine disruptor problem and, you know. And I thought, so at first I started telling my patients, just go get the, the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are the health food stuff? Right. And then they would come back and say, but I want a direct recommendation. I'm like, yeah. oh, shoot, I don't have a direct recommendation. Yes. So then I would go to the health food store and look at them. And I'm like, oh, that, oh my gosh, that's that's not good. And right. why is it even here? Like they weren't really good. Yeah. And so they weren't as clean. I, 
No, they weren't as clean. And I did notice that some of the um, German lines on the market were very good for young skin that doesn't need any help. They just need a clean, you know, you yes. know what I'm talking about. I know Let what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, those young women in their 20s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 20 again, and you just need a clean thing, and you're, you're not trying to. Right. You're not trying to anti age. No, you're not trying to anti-age. But then I thought, ah, the market that is totally not served here is the mature market. And so I wanted to do a non-toxic anti-aging serum for the mature woman. And so that's when I put it together and started recommending it for my patients. And um, that's how I got started. I'm glad that. that you did. Now, for those people who are listening who are in the beauty formulation and product development space, now, how exactly did you start? You had this idea and you thought, this is what I wanted to do. You have the experience and the knowledge of being able to being able to choose your ingredients. But then from there, did you have to bring it to a company and say, okay, put all of these in a bottle? What were your, in general, what were the steps to development? Uh, the steps that were involved in that is I spent a lot of time in Europe at yeah. uh, these trade shows for personal care uh, development. Yeah. And I got to talk to the vendors of the ingredients yes. for the personal care. And I You got went to directly meet, to source. Ah, I got to talk to cosmetic chemists and yes. talk to them about how it works. I got to go to presentations um, by PhDs in cosmetic uh, chemists and how, how do these yeah. ingredients work? So I kind of went to the source Good and then I figured out what I wanted to do. And then I actually formulated it myself. Wow. Impressive. I did not, I did not take it to a lab and say, these, I like these things. Can you make something out of it? I formulated it myself and I worked with it um, on my own for a little bit until I refined my formula. And then I took it to a research lab wow. and had them start making it in small quantities for yes. commercial use. Yes, so that's how, that's, yeah. So that's how I got started with that. Great. Well, I cannot wait. I have to say I have yet to try them and I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to it. So what are your top ingredients? If you, if someone said to you, okay, Dr. Fine, you're going to be on an island with water, Clean water, <laughs> maybe a Thank few you. morsels of food, and only three of t- three to five of your top skincare ingredients. What would they be? You know what? The first ingredient in my youth serum is actually blueberry seed oil. Oh, why is that? Yeah, and that is, and it's so unusual because I've looked at all the products on the market, and I haven't found any products that have as their first ingredient blueberry seed oil in fact you rarely see it and that's you're absolutely right yeah hard it's hard to source it's very expensive and i'm a um, indie beauty company so i don't have any uh, investors or funding behind me so i do get to only source the best and i can select all of my vendors i do not say to the lab get some um blueberry seed oil no, right. I have my I have right. my vendors. Get right? some sea buckthorn oil. <laughs> <laughs> and um and so the blueberry seed oil is just so beautiful. Well, I also um have cranberry organic cranberry seed oil, pomegranate seed yeah. oil, olive oil. I have a lot of the seed oils because they're very um they're very well moisturized, but they're very high in um 
the vitamin E family, yes. the tocotrienols, yes. right? Not so much the tocotrienols, but the tocotrienols. And they've got, um, you know, the really the deep moisturizing um, effect that I, you know, remember, I'm in Arizona. Yes. I'm in Arizona where it's hot and it's dry. Yeah. And people do start wrinkling early because of the sun exposure. So I had to have something deeply, deeply hydrating. Yes. And then I put in... Um, some uh, essential oils that were known for their anti-wrinkle activity as verified in the literature. And I put together something that actually it works because um, I, I didn't, hmm, how how best to say this? I didn't have anybody looking over my shoulder and saying it's too expensive. We can't that yeah so it's a very you didn't have the um, usual manufacturing or startup yeah. restrictions and limitations yeah I, didn't, yeah I didn't have any of that I got yeah. to do exactly what I wanted Wonderful. I got a very high quality product it's yeah. a cult favorite the environmental yeah. medicine doctors carry it in their offices wonderful carry it in their offices okay. because these are the people who are telling their patients be careful what you put on your skin of course. but then they're providing you know what it is they yes. should be using on their skin yes. instead of um I know there's a few oncologists who were telling women don't use anything on your skin that doesn't work that's not going that's not realistic that's not gonna work <laughs> no way right <laughs> and I consider myself you know a clean beauty freak but that is not going to work <laughs> I know impossible implausible yeah and it's anti-inflammatory yeah. you know the the um the omega-3 essential fatty yes. acids are yes. anti-inflammatory and guess what inflammation drives wrinkling absolutely as, as it is the basis of a lot of disease processes. Yes, it is. So we talked about your favorites, and I'm, I'm definitely putting a star next to that blueberry seed oil. I can't wait to try your serum. So what ingredients for the skin would you tell your patients or anyone to absolutely avoid, even if there were only one or two? What would you absolutely tell people to avoid on their skin? Well, the first one, the one that I really object to would be, the, um, the, it's, a, it's a class called phthalates. Yeah. And so the phthalates yeah. are found in your fragrances. Yes. And they're endocrine disruptors and um, they are contributing to um, weight gain and, you know, diabetes. And um, and the problem with the phthalates is this is kind of newish information. This just is so, this is going to blow your mind. But, um, you know, I stopped wearing perfume like decades ago. Really? really? Oh, yeah. I mean, the synthetic perfumes, the natural perfumes, all perfumes? Everything. Everything. I, just, I got rid of my dryer sheets. I just, see, I, was, I was like a canary in the coal mine. So yeah. you have to understand that. That's, that was driving my interest in, um, in natural medicine, yes. right? So I got rid of just intuitively. I'm yes. very intuitive. Yes. Got rid, and it was scary because, you know, we women, we watch what our mothers do. My yeah. mother used dryer sheets, right? <laughs> yes, you know? yes. My mother used perfume. Yes. I really thought I've you're not a... I've got a tray wo- of fabulous perfumes at home. I know. And yeah. I thought, you know, you're not really a woman unless you put on perfume. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. anyway, so I just kind of broke with all that tradition. Right. But now I find out um, the phthalates, it makes the the perfume, the, the scents kind of, you know, stiff, right? Uh. And otherwise they just evaporate. And so the problem now is that you can absorb it through your skin through the ambient air that's been wow. looked at in studies. So you know those you know those women at the um, department stores and they want Spritz. to spray you. Yeah, right, as I you, always as say you. no. Yeah, I always say no, but and I always felt kind of smug about it. Like I'm not getting any, but yeah. I was. Yeah, if I had skin showing. 
it, um, it, you, you got are it anyway. Absorbing it from the ambient air, wow. which makes the phthalates sort of like, um, you know, secondhand smoke. So right. you may not be smoking, but if someone else is smoking, it's like you're smoking. Right. So my my um, non toxic clinic, my environmental clinic in Scottsdale, I had a yes. policy: nobody could wear a scented product. Oh wow! It went for shampoo, yeah. it went for perfume, it yeah. went for body lotion, it went for all of it because people who are environmentally ill, yeah. it's like one of the problems they have is they cannot stand sense. It oh, so they become sick. extremely hypersensitive. Yes, they're hypersensitive. <sighs> and so I was, um, you know, I was promoting environmental um, tr treatments. And so you can't do that if you're, everyone's being bombarded yeah. <laughs> with right. phthalates. You know? So I had a, 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 no, a no scent policy. So a uh -huh. uh, fragrance product. And that's not true of essential oils. So essential oils okay. are actually plants, okay. right? Yes. And so those are okay. So yes. you can't have products that smell good right. you know you, you can't do that but the the phthalates i don't like in the products wow and then um and you know, you know perfumes than, do they come with labels i mean when when you look at a perfume bottle do you, you can't turn it over and see exactly what's in it like a skincare product because no it's it's ah. a trade secret it's it's a trade secret and mm, they're not allowed interesting and they can have, I mean, there's like up to 100 different chemicals in there, and they're not very natural normally. Right. And, um, and you, know, you, really, you really don't know what's in them. Now, there are some companies who are saying, you know what, our consumers want more transparency. We're yes. going to start listing what's in our scented products. So I've heard that that's coming. I haven't actually seen it, but I think that's a step, you know, in the right direction. Yeah. And then the people who don't. If the ingredients are disclosed, there are some people who are like, um, I'm okay with that. Right. And then there are some people, oh, no, I think I'm not okay with that. So now I don't want it, right? right. And so it just gives people choice to um, to buy and to use what works for them. Well, I think, they, yeah, I think they owe us that information. I really do. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. So how do you, being so knowledgeable um, about all of this stuff in the environment, how do you sort of disease-proof your own home? Yeah. yeah. How do you? <laughs> I know. Is I know. it even possible? Is, you know, it is. It is because I have fabulous, high-quality air filters. Yes, yes. I believe in those that, as well. Um, I believe in those very much. Yep. And, I mean, there are even some stunning studies that show the pregnant women who had air filters running in rooms while they, while they were pregnant, they had a decrease in autistic kids wow. by... I think it was 30%. Don't quote me on that because right. I don't have the article in front Lisa, of me. Even if it were 10%. Was, I know. It's something. It's, it's more than 1% or 2%. Yeah, that's major. Um, it was fairly, yes. And now they're showing that pregnant moms who live within so many feet of a busy street have higher rates of autism oh, wow. and other ADHD and other neurological problems in their children. And that's just that's the pollutants, the PM 2.5. It's the particulate matter. Yeah. The, the gas in the air. And so I think an air filter, you know, 20 years ago, I used to recommend them for asthmatics, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes. and people, and now I'm like, I think every, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I, I want everyone to have one yeah. in their, in their home. So that's yeah. one way you do it. I don't drink water from the tap. And so uh, I have a reverse osmosis filter. Yes. You can get a shower filter for your yeah. shower. Yeah. Um, you know, you. I don't recommend carpeting for people because it's very. Um, it's a 
sink, a dirt yeah. sink, yeah. right? All Not only gases, but all the stuff on the soles of your feet right. go into your carpet. How often do you wash a carpet? Maybe yeah. once or twice a year. Exactly. Right? Yeah. How often wash your floors? Like once a week, right? Yes. So anyway, they're 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 dirty and they're dusty, and um, so I, I like uh, flooring to be non carpet. I like no VOC paint in my homes. I started oh my gosh, the first home that I painted with no VOC paint I was in Arizona. I had to ship it from San Diego. I had to ship heavy gallons from San Diego to Arizona. It cost me oh my a gosh. fortune. And and nowadays, okay, so this is we. Are, are making in this area nowadays you can go to Lowe's or Home Depot and find um no VOC paints right and if and you know to ask right. for that right if someone says I'm going to uh, have the you before you move in you I've done the paints when I had the person said um um, okay, but I'm going to charge you the difference in paints. I'm like, wow. that's fine. That's fine with me. But you know what? Um, since then, I've been apartment shopping friends, trying them into your space. Yes. And nowadays, sometimes they've already done it without being asked. Or if you ask, they're just like, oh, sure, I'll yeah, do that. It's like, yeah, it's like no big deal. You're just, buying, you're just buying a different bucket of paint. It's right. no big deal. Yeah, so, you know, those are some of the things. And then you have to do the the bathroom and the beauty detox, oh, yeah. which um, you know that takes a while. But there are so many things you can do in your home, and you want to. Oh, and organic beds. You cannot have, you cannot those horrible beds that have all the flame retardants in them. And you mean the foam or the foam? The foam. Yeah, yeah. the foam beds yeah. are the worst. Yeah. That's like breathing in for the exhaust from a aye, car aye, aye. all yeah. night long. It's just terrible for Ugh. you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have to admit that I... I love beauty, obviously. I'm in the beauty industry. As a plastic surgeon, my approach to wellness and health and beauty is a holistic one, I like to believe. But I have to admit that... I talk to my patients about nutrition. I talk to them about adequate sleep, eating well, um, getting enough exercise, you know, mind-body connection, spirituality. However, I have not really done an adequate job, in my opinion, of talking to them about the environment and how they could reduce their toxic load. So you've taught me a lot today, and you've reminded me that the environment is as important. It's just yes. one of the other dimensions of wellness, yeah, obviously. It is. And, and I just want to remind you, you already know this, but when women have skin eruptions and rashes and acne um a lot of that is just your body trying to expel yeah toxins through the third kidney which is the skin which like if it can't come out the regular way it's going to come going out to in your skin. skin and how many of our patients are constipated right a lot a lot there's a lot of um, bowels not moving yeah, out yeah. there and so that's that's like one of our prime ways to move toxins out of our bodies and if you're not moving. getting rid of it that way, you are reabsorbing it from Ugh. your uh, in large intestine and into the bloodstream, and it's going back around to the rest of your body. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely tragic. So um, let's talk about a few specific issues, and I'd like your take on them. And, and you've mentioned a lot about some of these issues already, but um, for every issue, tell me 
if, if they are really impactful and uh, perhaps give us some um, tips about how we can reduce our toxic exposure to these. So the first one would be, and I know everyone hates to talk about this, but the, you know, electromagnetic field, like the EMF yeah. from our cell phones and smart yeah. devices and TVs. What yeah. do we do? <laughs> Terrible. They are having a biological effect on your body, whether you can feel it or oh not. Oh my gosh. There are some who are hypersensitive and they will feel it and it will make them sick. But the rest of us should not relax about them because we're getting affected too. So what I tell my patients is to um, put your turn off your phone at night. Yes. If you have to keep it on, put it in a different room. Wow, wow, different room. Yeah, different room. Wow. If you've got, if you're using it for an alarm, just put it in your room in the farthest possible corner and put it on airplane mode mode oh. you'll still get an alarm mm-hmm. and then what i recommend for patients when you have wi-fi as everybody does yes <laughs> uh, turn it off at night did you know you can turn it off at night just turn it off i mean you're sleeping you don't need connectivity to your computer that's true so just turn it off and you know i used to have people do ethernet which is hard wiring their computers and I still love that. So then you don't even have Wi-Fi in the home. Yes. But I just bought a new computer. Do you know there's no Ethernet port anymore? No, I know. Those are gone. <laughs> yeah. Those are gone. Crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So Crazy. Those are a few of the things that I would recommend for everybody to do. And they're so easy. And and you don't have to give up your computer, your right. iPad, or your phone. Right. You just want to make sure that you are um, using it wisely yeah. and not, you know, putting it in your bra oh my right? gosh yeah 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 oh. you've seen the young girls do that oh my gosh yeah yeah we've talked about the contaminated water and um the uh, extent the extent of whether it's prescription medications or lead or mercury in the water and how even though the government regional governments test certain levels of uh, toxins and metals in our water they're at acceptable levels it's not like they're ever zero so would the answer to that be getting a filter, a water filter? Do not drink the water. You know, one yeah. of the most popular talks I've done in the last few year was, years was on water. And it's like hexchrome. Remember the Aaron Brockovich movie yeah. in the story about hexchrome causing cancer? Well, that was in California, the largest payout in the lawsuit ever for PG&E, $330 million. million yes. But guess what? Would would you expect that California water still has hexchrome in it? No. Hexavalent chromium? It still does. Wow. And but it's so at an what, acceptable yeah, level now, right? And that's the thing. And so who's <laughs> so the scientists have a health goal of what's acceptable. And then the regulators yes. um, come in and say, We're gonna we're not gonna do that. It's too expensive to yeah. filter down to that. Yeah. So so we have to be careful because I get a water report every year and it looks so clean, but they only test like 12 or 14 things. Yeah. And there's 85,000 chemicals out there. Now in California, we do test for hex chrome. We do. Oh, okay. We have, it. we have it in our Newport Beach water. It's all over. Yes. But um, there's a lot of things they're not testing mm-hmm. for. And um, the ranges are acceptable to the regulators and the people who are putting out um, you know, the, um, you know, the thing you get every year, the, right, report. the reports, yes, but it, it's not necessarily, um, clean and, yeah. uh, I would not drink it. Just got to do a water filter, yeah. not, not plastic bottled water, right. though. then you're getting EPA and 
phthalates and plastics, and you don't want to do that either. But um, reverse osmosis water is good. There's, there's a couple other ones. Yeah. Can we actually avoid mercury toxicity? I know it's everywhere. Yeah. How can so we get mercury, rid of mercury? Uh, well, the first thing, <laughs> it's in sushi. Why, yeah. why does everyone so much sushi? I don't understand because it. Because it's guess, easy. <laughs> I know. It's easy, and I guess it's protein, but, yeah. um, you know, the tuna and the, the sashimi, it's, it's high in mercury. Fish is high in mercury, and um, so avoiding fish is actually a really good way to avoid mercury, and yeah. then, you know, we do have it in our fillings, but, you know, it's also in our air. In right. um, China, we have... Um, they have a lot of coal-fired power plants, and it emits mercury. Oh, and wow. there are two plumes that come over to California. One hits about mid-state, and the other one hits a little bit lower. And so you um, you are getting it in the air. You are getting it in your fish. You're getting it in those um, those uh, those lights that are supposed to be uh, eco-clean. Yeah. I mean. There should be like an OSHA warning. You're supposed to call OSHA when they break in your house. It's um, it's a toxic spill. Wow. And there's an actual protocol that you're supposed to go through that um, involves cutting out the piece of the carpet that yeah. it fell on with a diameter. With wow. a, it's like a clean margin when you're right. doing surgery. When you're right? doing surgery, well, yeah. You need, yeah. Yes. So you're supposed to cut out. Nobody does that. And so you have um, you can have mercury in your home, but... Those are some of the top ways that mercury, I, I would say fish is the biggest. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, I recently got rid of my microwave oven because mm -hmm. I um, realized that the microwaves actually deform and change your food to things that are not as nutritious. So yeah. do you agree with that? And what should we do I without do. a microwave? Go back to the yeah. stovetop. You know, I got rid of my microwave a long time ago, too, and people are still laughing, but um, I just work. <laughs> well, I mean, you're going to do more dishes because you have to warm things up in yeah. a pan yeah. on the stove top yeah. with a little bit of water, so it yeah. doesn't But I don't use the um, microwave because it makes, you know, man-made product. There are things in there that were not in there when you started. That's right. And that has nothing to do with the microwaves themselves, so I just think it's... Um, not a good idea to use it. And yeah. people use them all the time. And if you microwave with plastic on your product, that's like so terrible. Even worse. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. So we won't even mention plastics because it, it's already out there. Like as, as if we can get oh. rid of them as much as we can, then it just has to be done. Oh, use Pyrex, use yeah. glass. Yeah. There's all these um, food storage containers. This yeah. is what I buy for all my um, kids and friends, I buy. Uh, I, I guess it's not a good Christmas gift. It's very practical. <laughs> I buy it. The word is out. Sorry, everyone, if you're watching. <laughs> I, I buy the glass um, food storage containers with the plastic lids. Yes. So there's plastic on the lid, but the food is not touching the lid. That's right. right? Yeah. Glass. So yeah. I'm. I'm really um, spoiler alert. That. That's what's coming for Christmas. Spoiler alert. <laughs> now, Have you been good this year? <laughs> yeah, right. Because you'll get a plastic storage. You'll get a glass storage container. So now you mentioned autoimmune disease. You mentioned yeah. chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. I was also recently reading um, a, a book about EBV and Epstein Barr virus. And what do you think? I mean. Is that really that virus at the basis of so many diseases, including autoimmune issues, and not just mono? Oh, yeah, that's um, that's a popular theory that's out right now. And yeah. I don't, 
I don't know. I can't say for certain, but what I will say more generally is yeah. that environmental toxins, one of the way they wreak their damage is they're immunotoxic. And so your immune system is your defense against illness. And, you know, you have to have the balance between yes. TH1 and TH2. Otherwise, you're going to flip over into autoimmune. Right. And there's so much proof that environmental toxins are causing immunotoxicity. Right. And so I feel like um, I've seen a lot. I have seen a lot more EBV active. Infection. Wow. Wow. And I feel like we've all been exposed, right? Yes. We've all been yes. Exposed. And once you have but, it, you have it. But the immune system, people's immune systems are just getting hit by so many environmental toxins that things are coming up. For example, people, oh my gosh, people are getting shingles, even younger people. When I was in medical school, shingles was kind of um, touted as what old people Older get. Older people, or, right. Mature or people, under yeah. stress, yeah. right? No, 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 or no, no, immunocompromised no, no. somehow. Yes, yeah. yes. No, 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 no. Uh, younger people, regular people, there's a lot of shingles, and that's just another virus. That's crazy. I feel yeah. like the viruses are just having a heyday. Because having a so field toxic. day. And because mm -hmm. you think because the chemicals in yes. the environment are facilitating yes. their reactivation yes. or activation. Yes. Okay. Yes. So before we think, oh, EBV is the cause of everything, look at the environment and the chemicals. That yes. Okay. I, I like that. Yeah. And finally, stress. What can we do, Dr. Fine? <laughs> oh, it's like you fell into that. Do Tai Chi. Yeah. <laughs> because it's anti-aging, right? Yes. Oh, the stressing. Oh, my gosh. Everyone is so stressed. Beyond. So bad for us. And I think so, we underestimate um, the effects of stress yes, on, our we, on our immunology. It causes and disease. Yes. And so stress makes you sick, just like environmental toxins make it. In fact, we consider in environmental medicine, we consider stress a toxin. Yeah. We okay. consider, um, you know, anger and bad emotions and stress. These are yeah. all toxins. Yeah. And they are bringing down your immune system. Yes. So I live in Newport Beach. I like to do a lot of earth thing, which is walking barefoot on the beach. Yes. And so the earth is like a giant ball of electrons. It's like it. Like so you're grounding animal. yourself in the yeah, earth. You're grounding. Yeah. I'm grounding myself all the time. Yeah. And that is um, one of the biggest ways that I use to reduce stress and yeah. reduce inflammation. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen the books on it and the studies? It reduces inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. It reduces pain. It reduces stress. So I do that. I do Tai Chi. I do yoga. Um, I, you know, I walk. I meditate. Meditate. I, I have um, particular meditations in my book that I really like. But it's really important for us because I just see in my patient population, I'm sure you see it too. I mean, the women... Um, and the men, everyone, their stress levels yes. increase every year. And it's it's crazy. Yeah. And it's really hard to get people well when they're so stressed. Yeah. They're not sleeping. I mean, That's stress right. is, um, you know, bringing down their immune system. Yes. All that cortisol is not making them fat. Well. Yeah. Not eating well. And, and it's just like this horrible um, cascade yeah. of uh, ill health. So yeah. very bad. Yeah. Okay. So we have a lot of work to do and a lot a lot more to understand. So it is overwhelming that we are being bombarded by over 80,000 new chemicals. But to your point, there are things that we can do and there are some things that we can control in our lives yes. to help reduce yes. that toxic load. Yes. So thank you, Dr. Fine, for your time and your expertise. I really appreciate your sharing this and very valuable and, and super important information with us on the Forever Fab podcast.
Well, thank you, Dr. Matter. I enjoyed talking to you, and um, it was a great discussion. Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So you've been listening to my interview with Dr. Anne-Marie Fine on Facing Climate Change, How the Environment Affects Your Face. Please learn more and learn what you can do to improve your skin, your health, and your DNA by reading Dr. Fine's book, Cracking the Beauty Code, How to Program Your DNA for Health, Vitality, and Younger-Looking Skin, and it is available on Amazon. The second thing that you could do is visit her website, dranmariefine.com. She's got courses there and a protocol, the, you know, the beauty, bri- beauty brief, right? Beauty bluff. Oh, the beauty bluff, right, where you can learn more about your environment and what you can do to just help preserve your own beauty. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast. Until next time, stay beautiful inside and out. Thank you so much, Dr. Fine. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Stay well. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.